What makes you different also makes you special and feeling special can lead to joy. Joy is a special enlightenment. When we are enlightened, we become interesting and we glow. We must enlighten our schools, teach in exciting and appealing ways to produce joy. Joy is also a collaboration and a congregation. It is coming together to learn in unique ways, tapping into each child's potential. It is a celebration of music, art, and creation. This is a quote by Pharrell Williams from the foreword of Unearthing Joy by Dr. Goldie Muhammad. I'm hoping you are noticing a theme of centering joy on each episode so far this season. What we are missing right now in education is joy and liberation. We are missing the joy and liberation that comes through discovery. We are limiting the freedom to find and center joy for both teachers and students. We have shifted the purpose of education away from being the liberation of a young person's mind. Instead, our focus is on the monotonous memorization of quote, important facts, so a child can pass a standardized test, whatever that means. On today's episode, I am inviting you to fall in love with teaching again. I'm inviting you to show your students how to love learning because I am giving you permission to find and center joy for yourself and then center joy for your students. I am giving you permission to shift the focus back to discovery and liberation of a young person's mind. All right, my friend, let's hop into the intro. Hey, hey, welcome to the Culture Center Classroom Podcast a space for educators looking to step into their power by creating a classroom environment and lessons that affirm, welcome, and celebrate all their students through instruction. I'm your host, Jocelyn Hubbard, an educator, teacher coach, wife, mother to five children, and your partner on this journey of creating culture-centered classrooms. Let's jump into the episode. The other day, I was watching the television show Castle with actors Nathan Fillion and Stana Kattick. In this particular episode, the police captain, Captain Montgomery, says to lead detective Kate Beckett, quote, there are no victories. There's only the battle. The best you can hope for is that you find some place where you can make your stand. If this is your spot, I will stand with you, end quote. After you have been teaching for a while, you realize you will likely never cover all the standards across the entire curriculum. And you know what? It's okay. You know why it's okay? Because the scope and sequence, the amount of information students are, quote, supposed to know, to learn, is very wide, but not very deep. It also doesn't account for the reteaching and retesting. It doesn't make space for empowering students as creators of knowledge. It doesn't take into account the actual real-life happenings that interrupt the learning space, learning time, and learning process. I don't know, things like a, um, hmm, a pandemic, for instance. So at some point, as educators, we have to take a stand. We have to decide what the priorities are for ourselves and for our students. This journey in education, it's twisty-twirly, no doubt, but it is not complicated at the core. The purpose of education is to liberate the mind of the learner. Education is for freedom. Education is for critical thinking. Education is for hypothesizing. It's for experimentation and research and discovery. So what is the direct path to that type of education? Well, it's not one that is so strict on checking every standard and curriculum box. Instead, 
It is a path that centers and prioritizes creating meaningful connections between students and knowledge. It means creating relevant, responsive learning spaces. It means centering equity, celebrating diversity, and incorporating cultural perspectives. Creating this type of learning environment can be fun and simple. Now, notice I didn't say easy, but it can be fun and simple when we are proactive versus reactive, but it requires an intentional and courageous decision to prioritize deep, connective, relevant learning. Now, I'm gonna add something here that might rub you the wrong way, but please hang in there to the end. Creating this type of learning environment requires a decision to be okay with not completing the entire checklist. Okay, I said it, but please hang in here with me. Just listen to the end. The reason why I encourage this is because, well, okay, go back in your mind to the younger you. You're sitting in the very same grade level and class subject that you currently teach. How much and what exactly do you remember about that class? If you're an elementary teacher, then I want you to think about one of your favorite subjects to teach. Okay, now put a pin right there. Now I want you to travel down the hallway in that same school to another class you attended that very same year, that very same semester. How much and what do you remember about that class? Now go back to the pin and pull it out. I want you to, to think about what you said you remember. You might actually remember more about your favorite subject area and the one that you currently teach because, well, you like it, you enjoy it. But traveling down the hallway to the other class and trying to remember the curriculum from that year might be a little bit more challenging. And I will speak for myself and say that I don't remember even half of the specifics of the curriculum I learned in the classes I loved, let alone the ones I didn't. What I do remember are the times that the teachers connected the content to me and to who I hoped to become and to my classmates in a deep and meaningful way. For example, in fourth grade, I attended FLK File Elementary School in Henrietta, New York. That's a suburb of Rochester. My fourth grade teacher was Mrs. Swift and she was amazing, amazing. Everything we did was connected across disciplines and connected to me and my classmates in meaningful ways. I remember so vividly the unit that we studied Native Americans. We literally built a longhouse in our classroom. I remember that someone from a native tribe came to speak to us. And in some of the other subject areas we talked about, for example, like in math and science, we talked about the importance of an understanding math and numbers and understanding science and how materials work together when you are building a home or when you're selecting a home. We read books, we wrote poetry, and we listened to music. Mrs. Swift connected everything that we were learning to gaining a deeper understanding of Native American culture. And as I'm thinking back, I don't remember the other fourth grade classes doing anything along those lines. And I definitely remember my classmates or my like my peers that were in those other classes being jealous of what it was that we were doing. The unfortunate thing is that I don't remember being taught about indigenous people in that way, like in this very deep, rich way ever again. I did have other teachers in other subject areas and in other grades that made meaningful connections for me as well. But that's not the point of this episode. The point is to bring back to your remembrance the warmth and the enjoyment of deep learning moments from your youth. It's to encourage you to create these very same experiences and memories for your students 
because that is where the joy of learning comes into play. As a seventh and eighth grade language arts and social studies teacher, I am going to be honest with you. I never taught all the things. I just didn't. I mean, there wasn't enough time. And honestly, I had to make a decision. I had to take my stand. And I stood on the research as well as my own personal knowledge and understanding and experience with my students that supported high leverage practices for their learning. And that meant providing a welcoming and inclusive and affirming space where students could take ownership of their learning, a space where they could explore their identity and discover who they wanted to become and the path that they needed to take to get there. It was also about creating a space where students could reflect on their current life and their learning, Ultimately, a space where they could fall in love with learning, not just be inundated with facts and figures. I took my stand on connection, and thankfully, I did have leadership that supported that. They saw that students were learning how to think critically and to read carefully. My students were learning Tier 3, content-specific vocabulary, alongside Tier 2, high-frequency words. And what my students knew, oh, they knew well. My students were very well equipped with the skills that they needed to do well on the standardized tests. So where will you take your stand? Please know that I will stand with you. Now, I say this every episode, but I really am here to partner with you. I currently coach 45 teachers, instructional coaches, and school leaders. And let me tell you, they are doing the work. They are asking the tough questions, elevating their practice, and we are learning together how to best serve their students. They have told me themselves that this has been much easier to do in partnership, to have a sounding board, to have someone that they can think collaboratively with, because sometimes you get overwhelmed by all the things that you are required to do, and it seems like this is just one more thing. Even though you know that it is best practice for your students, having a partner to walk along this journey and to help you elevate your practices, it means everything. In the episodes going forward, I will be focusing on supporting you with creating culture-centered learning spaces that are equity-focused, diversity-affirming, and culturally aware. For example, I will be sharing an episode on resources for supporting the equity work that you are doing, like professional development books, also different materials, blog posts. I will be sharing another episode breaking down what inequity looks like and what it feels like. And I will continue to bring on guests that can elevate your toolkit, add nice little nuggets, suggestions, resources, all of that, so that you are fully equipped to create the classroom that you dream of and that your students definitely deserve. All right, my friend, until next week, center equity, celebrate diversity, and value culture. That's a wrap on today's episode, but it does not have to be a wrap on the action you're taking in your classroom. The next best step is to head over to customteachingsolutions.com forward slash the checklist and grab the free resource I created just for you. It's called the Welcoming and Inclusive Classroom Checklist. In this resource, you will find five simple but effective strategies for creating the welcoming and inclusive classroom you dream of and your students deserve. All right, my friend, grab that resource and I'll talk to you next week.